Welcome to How to Catholic with Kevin and Lisa Cotter, a podcast dedicated to helping you practically live your Catholic faith with excellence. So you know that you're called to spread a message that God wants you to share, but what's the best way to do it? In our digital world, there are so many options and endless mediums to figure out. But where should you start? On today's episode, we finally get back to podcasting and share with you best practices on social media, speaking, podcasting, blogging, websites, and more. Along the way, we'll share our plan for future podcasting and make fun of ourselves for taking so long to come out with a part two episode. Let's get started. Oh my gosh, Lisa, what is happening right now? What is going on? We're podcasting. It's true. We're podcasting. This three-day weekend has allowed us to actually be able to podcast. No, that sleeping baby. Oh yeah, let's. you can't see it on the monitor here on the podcast, but yep, he's sleeping really well. And we're here in your almost set up office. There is a piece of paper on the floor that marks where my desk will go, which arrives on Friday. Oh, really? Yeah. That's exciting. Yeah. I just got an email and I set it up. Nice. So, so close. I'm going to have a desk. It only took seven months. But you're going to do it. But we're, we're podcasting again. It's almost been three months since Isaac's been born. And obviously when you have a baby... It's hard to podcast because usually we podcast at night, at nights or weekends. And lately it's been like, how do I get to bed? How do I sleep? How do I like function and have a life outside of holding a baby? And that doesn't always include podcasting. No, but we we are committed to doing these next four episodes over the next four weeks, we which will, it. yes, which will conclude season four. And then we're going to take our six-week break like we normally do between breaks, which kind of seems sounds silly, like, haven't you already taken enough of a break? But the reality is, is we just we need that time to hopefully get ahead and mm-hmm. to evaluate and see what's next. So I will still do the liturgical lowdowns during that break. Don't worry. That That is do or die. I'm going to get those done. And don't worry. I won't be doing them. So. <laughs> right. <laughs> You will not be hearing (laughs) Kevin on those. But what we're doing today is we're finally finishing up part two of a two-part series on how to platform. I mean, what kind of podcasters wait like four months between two parts of a series? (laughs) Apparently us. Apparently us. But I think this is really good and hopefully we didn't, you know, leave too much suspense after part one. You're like, I want to start a platform. How do I do it? And then we just left you hanging forever. Maybe you forgot about it. Maybe there's a great time to re-engage, um, but really excited about doing part two. And um, part one is season four, episode 15, 15, which we put out on November 7th. Um, so in our first episode, just to recap here really quickly, we talked a lot about steps for discerning and gaining a vision for what you're doing. Um, and it's really important that you you had this sense of, hey, God's calling me to do something. And then how do I amplify that with a platform. So many times I think people can think, oh, I need a platform or I need to be a speaker or I need to be like these other Catholic people who I think are really cool. And I would really encourage you in part one to discern what's God calling me to 
and how do I live that out? And then how do I amplify that through a platform? And then today, in our second episode, we're really talking about uh, practical need-to-know tips on various platforms. Like, all right, I've got this voice, I've got this niche, I feel called to these things, but I, I mean, how do I do all these things? There's so many things out there, there's so much on the web on how to do this. How can Kevin and Lisa kind of consolidate everything, give best practices, give quick tips, lead you in the right direction. We've been through this before. And so um, this is our chance to just give you kind of like an inside scoop of, you know, the things that we've had to wrestle with and think about and battle with uh, and just try to give you the, the best practices as well. Great. So we are going to be talking about a couple of different, I guess, avenues for getting your voice out there. We're going to talk about book publishing, speaking, podcasting, blogging. So those are the four things that we're going to kind of cover today. And then um, also kind of almost as a prerequisite, we're going to talk a little bit about two things that most platforms need, which would be a presence on social media and eventually a website. Yep. Not right away, but eventually you do need a website. So let's start by talking about... um, what you're passionate about. Kevin, why don't you dive into that? Yes, yeah, so we had like a, this fun conversation as you're writing out this this outline and, and your thought initially was like, all right, you need a website and you need social media. And it, at, for whatever reason, it just struck me as like, huh, what do you need? Like, wh- what do you need need? And I think just going off our first episode, this idea that it's a calling, you're trying to find your niche. And I think that applies to all these uh, tools as well. I think a lot of times people get in this space and they're like, I have to do X, Y, and Z. And I think really um, what I would like to say is figure out what you're passionate about and then figure out the thing, the way you like to express that thing, figure out w- how you're passionate about that as well. So I want to give some examples. I'll use myself first. Can I just say that this is so us because I'm just like, Let's mm-hmm. get practical. A, B, C, D. And Kevin's like, no, we need more vision. We more need vision. more. <laughs> more vision, more passion, more understanding. And I'm like, where's A, B, C, and D to do it? <laughs> so totally. Do your thing, honey. That's right. Go ahead. Talk about your Can't thing. Can't just be pragmatist, Lisa. Yes, we can. You and your how-to yes, podcast that we both have together. So um, my thought was like, for me, evangelization, like I love evangelization. Like step one is I need to evangelize. I just don't want to lose track of that. Hopefully you've listened to part one. It was four months ago, even if you have. Um, So you want to evangelize. You want to be doing the thing. You don't just become a speaker or a writer. You actually do something. You have a niche. You have an expertise. You've done something that you want to share with other people. And then how do I want to share evangelization? Like I get to a point where I'm like, boy, I want more people to evangelize. I evangelize. How would I share this with other people? And for me, it's writing. So my Byers-Briggs would tell me things like, um, which is INFJ, by the way, would say things like expresses himself best in writing, right? That's just in my personality. It's in my temperament. And so the best place for me to start in trying to tell other people about evangelization, I think is writing. So that could be lots of different forms that are out there right now. It could be a blog. It could be an article I write for a magazine. It could be on Twitter, but that's where I'm going to thrive initially. And so I would take whatever your passion is, and then I take whatever you're passionate about on how you express that thing and do that as well. Um, I can think of a lot of other different people and examples. So certain people there um, really passionate about things and they just love to speak. And like they couldn't write a book to save their lives. And a lot of times they think, oh, if I'm going to do this topic, like I have to write a book. And that might be true, but I would start with, if you love to speak, like 
go speak, like start with what you're passionate about rather than what you think you need to do. Or say like you're passionate about Catholic art and like people tell you, you know, you're really great at just finding really great art. And you're like, I'm not a speaker. I'm not really great at writing, but I can find great art. Great. Like start an Instagram account and like show people great art and then have them speak and write about what you want to share or, um, yeah, I could go on, but you look like, yeah. And I know for me, I remember when I spent a long time blogging, um, and writing blog posts, especially for focus equip. And I had, I've had two personal blogs and, writing is my favorite thing. And that's mm-hmm. where the podcast came about yep. because for me, writing was arduous, even though mm-hmm. we've written a book, but in the end I was like, I enjoy speaking more. So why don't I speak yeah. instead of write? Yep. And that's kind of where the podcast came about. Yeah. So yeah. And it's hard because with all of this, I want everything to be a step-by-step process. That's yep. the way my brain works. But when it comes to building your platform, it's not, step-by-step. So we've done our best to give some steps, but at the same time, so many things, it just, it's, it's, it's kind of mushy. Everything blends together. It's like, well, you do this, which helps with that, which feeds into this. And so in a lot of ways you need multiple things to be getting your message across. Yeah. I guess I'm just all about organic growth, especially early on when you're like thinking of all these things is like, don't overthink it. Don't feel like you have to get all these accounts and do all these things. Like do what, do the thing that you're passionate about, live it, and then figure out what you're passionate about, how you express that. And then you're going to see people come to you. And as people come to you and things grow bigger, then you can think about what do I need to do to help support this? Maybe some things I don't even like doing, but I need to do in order to continue the growth. But like start with growth, not with a bunch of things. That's all I'm trying to say. Yeah. No, and that makes sense because <laughs> the day that I, or the week that I got a Twitter account was also the week that I spoke to 4,000 women. Exactly. Right. (laughs) Yeah. In the, when I finally got a website was at the same time that I published a book. Correct. So yeah. So there is, there is muddled here and that's what, what we're trying to get across. Yeah. And so we'll walk you through all these things, but I think the last thing I'd want someone to think is if I only do these six things perfectly, then I'll have a platform. And that's what it's about doing these six things. And it's like, no, 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 no. Like these things are ordered with that organic growth in what you're passionate about and then doing what you need to do to grow that. Mm -hmm. Not the things aren't going to bring about a platform. Mm -hmm. The things are going to help you facilitate what you're already doing and amplify that. Yes. Yes. They're tools. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. All these things are tools for getting a message out. And so we just want to give you some tools for the tools. Yeah. So let's do it. Now that we said that, I feel like I said my piece. Okay. Okay. So social media, I, I think that this is just, this is kind of an obvious tool for getting your message out there. Totally. Agree. <laughs> and I, it's, it's one of those things that no matter what kind of a platform you had, you're going to need social media because what it does is it allows you a place to share what you've done. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Here's my blog post. Here's my podcast, right? That's where you share it. And if you want to one day publish a book, if you want to find a publisher, they're going to look at, well, do you have people that you already are connecting with who are potential buyers of this book? Mm-hmm. And the answer is no. They're like, well, I don't know how we're going to sell this book. So we're not going to take that risk. So that's why I, I think every, no matter what you do, you need to have social media. So where do you start? Well, the first thing you need to ask is what outlets do you want to use? Because there are a lot, there's Facebook, there's Twitter, there's Instagram, there's Snapchat, there's LinkedIn, there's Pinterest. I mean, you forgot MySpace. I my did, favorite. I did. That is always your favorite, isn't it? 
So, so you have to decide, okay, so where am I going to put my energy? And that will depend a bit upon your audience. And so you need to understand each of these platforms and who's hanging out there. So Gen X and boomers are going to be more on Facebook, whereas Gen Z, the younger crowd, is going to be more on Snapchat. Interestingly, 65% of Instagram users are women, whereas 65% of Twitter users are men. So you need to kind of think, do I have a target audience, a certain age or certain gender? That's where you're going to want to look to put your most energy, especially if you don't have a lot of time for social media. So that's kind of the first thing is kind of figure out where your audience is. And then from there, you're going to want to grow an audience, which th- this is hard. This is this is kind of an awkward thing. Um, and you do see people trying to grow their audience in obvious ways sometimes. And it's a little frustrating. You're like, stop just trying to sell. Like, mm-hmm. this is kind of annoying. My, my biggest pet peeve is those people on Twitter who follow people just to get follows back. Oh, don't even get me started. <laughs> and then they unfollow the people they followed once those people followed them. And then they keep following you and unfollowing you over and over and over again because they don't realize that like they've done to you this multiple times. And you're like, I literally have reached out to people and I said, you just need to decide if you'd like to follow me, follow me. If you'd like to unfollow me, unfollow me. But don't keep doing it to try to get me to follow you. That's annoying. And yeah. you're, you're a priest and you should know better. Yeah. Yeah, I know who you're talking about. This is one particular priest who he has like, 50k followers now but that's how he did it yeah and it's kind of annoying yeah Mm -hmm. i don't know it just seems i don't know that that's obviously our personal opinion yep so how do you how do you grow your audience okay well there are a lot of tips like that out there um using hashtags or reviewing your analytics to find out when your audience is active or collaborating with others doing giveaways i mean there's all kinds of things you can do and we're not saying that those are like bad or evil or you're a bad person if you do that just google the list we're not going to go through those but honestly, the most important thing for growing your audience is having great content. Mm-hmm. So so when you post, you need to think, like, how is this going to benefit my audience? Because we all, when we look on social media, we're looking at stuff going, well, what's in it for, for me? And that sounds selfish, but yeah. <laughs> it's not really. Like, if I'm going to spend my time here, and if you're going to be coming into my feed, like, are you providing value to my life? Are you adding something to my life? And so that's going to be the most important thing, honestly, is... Are you serving your audience? Are you, are you giving them something that inspires them or that makes them laugh or that teaches them something? What are you posting and mm-hmm. does it add value? So that's, that's honestly going to be the best way that you're going to grow your audience is by having valuable content. Um, Isn't it so ironic though? Because I feel like that's so true. Like when you serve your audience well, people will find you and follow you and they'll be they'll love you and they'll like retweet you and they'll share you and all those things. But as soon as you decide how can this audience serve me and how can I get more followers, I feel like it just totally backfires and people start to see through you and they're like, no, you know? And I think that's, that's why that, that priest bothered me so much. Cause I'm like, you're not trying to serve me. You're just trying to get me to follow you. Like that's all you want from me. Like mm-hmm. you don't want, yeah, it's just, yeah, it's just a different, yeah. the wrong attitude. Yeah. So, I mean, and, and this is all delicate stuff. And if you follow Kevin and I on social media, you know, we're not perfect at it. You know, like no. <laughs> that, you know, we're not even always following our own advice sometimes. Like I, I know what to do if I wanted to like blow up, you know, on social media, like I could try the, I know the 75 steps, you know, yep. but I'm, I'm just not that I, 
I don't know. I just, it's just not in me. Yeah. <laughs> it's just not. That's a good way of putting it. It's just not, it's just not in me. Um, so yeah. So anyways, but there are tricks, trips, trips, tricks and tips. So there you go. As long as they're serving your audience, right? Some people do mm-hmm. it and you're like, oh, that seems kind of like, I can see what you're doing there, but nope, you're, you're actually serving people and you're doing it in a, a smart way. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. What about a website, Kevin? Why don't you quickly walk us through Yeah. So that? websites, um, yeah, websites are like old school now. Like people, it's like, oh, you have a website? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But I think uh, websites are a great uh, home base. Um, you know, what I've been told a lot about social media that's really hard is that social media obviously goes through trends and ups and downs. And so, um, you know, you if you build everything on a particular website, uh, or I'm sorry, social media platform, somebody else owns that platform and can totally take it away. So if you build everything on Facebook, all of a sudden they change their algorithm and everybody on there is old and now you don't have a platform because you did everything on Facebook. Or like Vine is a good example. Some yeah. people built their whole everything on Vine and then Vine disappeared. Exactly. So I think a website's great because it gives you a home, a home base um, and that home base can't be taken away. And it allows you to really um, do a few things. One, you can host everything. So if you have a blog or a podcast, you can have a place to host your content, which is really important. I also think as a speaker, it's great to have a place where people can go to check you out. You get to um, really influence that conversation. Um, when people search for you and they search your name, typically your website with your name is going to come up first. And that's really a great chance for you to display your best, you know, whatever speaking videos, your best book that you might have or your best article. And so rather than allowing everybody else on the web to tell them about you, you can allow yourself to do that. Um, Hopefully with lots of great testimonies from other people, but in a way that helps them see the best of you as well. So you don't really need to um, do this right away, but I think it's, it's one of those things as you get built up, like you're talking about Lisa, like I'm releasing a book. I should probably have a website. And it's true. I mean, we see yeah, lots of traffic come through there. Great place for people to do speaking engagements with you. Um, and that's where people fill out a form for speaking inquiries. Totally. That's where we host this podcast and where it mm-hmm. you know, comes up. So your website's been totally needed as the growth has come. But you didn't get a website. I mean, as a speaker, you didn't have a website for how many years? I, I don't know. It's kind of hard to tell. Like, when did I really go all in on speaking, you know? <laughs> yeah, but I mean, it wasn't three, four years at, at least, least. Of at doing least. a lot of, yeah, so. Yeah, anyways. I think it was like six years. Yeah. Like 2010 was like when I kind of gave my first big talk. Yep. So, and slowly eased into it. So just, just to recap here, we're doing how-to platform. This is part two. We're just talking about a lot of best practices and so far we've covered two. So we've talked about social media. We've talked a little bit about a website. So let's talk about some different directions you can take your platform, uh, starting with speaking, speaking. Okay. So this is probably what people most want to know about. I get so many inquiries like, okay, I want to become a Catholic speaker. How do I do that? So just getting down to like some brass tacks here, there are a few things you can do, uh, to build up a speaking career. I think you want to start first of all with mind you going back to episode one, Yep. you're called, you know, you're called doors are opening. What do you do to to try to follow that call, right? So volunteering to speak is really where you kind of start. You know, I did so many mom's groups and youth groups or men's and women's groups, theology on tap, speaking at a retreat at your own parish. You just start taking those opportunities to start honing that craft and to start speaking. And you, you just you just do it for for so long. I did it for, for nothing, for free, because... I felt that God was calling me to it and I loved it. And that's where I really started. 
Um, now if those things are starting to happen and you're like, okay, maybe I do need to start to charge for this because I'm getting a lot of requests and I'm not able to meet all these requests or else I, it all of a sudden is becoming a part-time job. A couple of things you can look into. One would be joining a speaking agency. So for example, a Catholic speaking agency would be Catholic speakers organization. They are catholicspeakers.com. What they do is they represent Catholic speakers and they help them kind of sort through how do you do this? So they have contracts for you. They can be your website. If you don't have a website, that's where you can feature, be featured. And they really help you build up a speaking platform. And that's something that you can, um, inquire with them about and say, Hey, here's what's going on. I'd like to become one of your featured speakers and they can start to help you. Now, what you do need to know if you are listed there is they will take a cut of your stipend. I think it's around 20%, maybe 30%. I'm not sure. Different agencies have different percentages, but they will provide you with the contract and they will provide you with all the things that you need to know. And they'll help you figure out what should my stipend be? All those questions. It can be a great resource as you're getting started. Uh, another thing that you can be doing is there are certain events and conferences, bigger conferences that you can apply for, which some people don't know that you can apply for Steubenville conferences. You can apply for NCYC. Um, you cannot apply for focus conference. You they, cannot. They That's do correct. not. Yeah. They do not take applications for breakouts or anything, but um, that can be a great place just to put yourself out there. If you, if you feel called to that, not everybody does. Um, but if that is something you feel called to that, that's another Avenue. Now, when you're doing these things, honestly, the best thing you can do is you need to have a recording of yourself speaking. All these places are going to want to see a video of you speaking. And it can't just be somebody sitting in the back with a shaky iPhone. So you need to actually take the time, get a good camera, set up a good system, and be able to submit something so that it gives them an idea of what it is that you're going to bring to the conference if you do, um, if, they, if they are going to invite you, they want to be able to see that. So you don't need to set up like three cameras and edit it. It's just like, yeah, no. one, like you said, just one, one good professional camera in the back of someone really seeing you engaged and uh, speaking. Mm -hmm. In fact, for Steubenville, they, they require that you send a video of you speaking to a larger audience. I don't remember what the number is, but it, it's a significant number. Um, so, I mean, obviously there's, there's a lot more facets to this, um, that we can't go over here, but I would direct you to a podcast. It's called communicator Academy. We will link to that. And they just do episodes on how do you do this speaking, writing thing as a career. And they will walk you through many of the questions you have. They have an episode on that they can walk you through. Totally. So I would direct you there. And, oh, one more thing too, uh, really kind of easy tutorial, chastity.com. So Jason, Christina Everts, um, their website has a whole section on how to become a chastity speaker, but you can apply that in many other ways. They give some great steps as well. So we will link to that. It's at chastity.com, but I will link to that as well. Awesome. Well, it is time for our hack and our hack this week is all about Lynn. Lynn, it's, it's coming. It's coming up soon. It's almost March. It's a late Ash Wednesday this year, late Lent. But a lot of times we get to Lent, it's like, I don't know what I'm supposed to do. I don't know what to do. Um, I don't want to make, I want to make sure I do it right. Well, our hack for you is to do dating detox. Now that time it's like a little bit self-serving, but we do really feel like dating detox fits those things. It gives you a 40 day plan. Um, it helps you with something that most people struggle with, which is with this relationships. And so, you know, we wrote this book not because we want to sell books. We wrote this book because we really believe this message 
can change people's lives. And we've talked to so many people at Seek and at SLS that come back and go, oh my gosh, that totally changed what I was doing. And we know Lynn is just such a great trigger for, I need to do something. I need to go through a process. I need a change. And Danny D. Docs just serves that so well. So we thought it'd be silly that we'd have this book, Lent's coming up, and that we wouldn't suggest it because that's why we wrote it. Yeah, it's a 40-day process book, and it really does fit perfectly for Lent. And it's a hack because it's all you need. If you do yep. the book, that that's it. Like You don't need to think through what you're going to do for Lent. Just pick up the book, and it will tell you what to do because every day has a detox challenge that you physically do. Mm-hmm. And so that's going to give you what you need for the day during Lent. If you do everything we say it's sufficient for Lent. So yeah, believe us, there's more than enough things and challenges that you're like, Oh yeah, this is going to be a powerful Lent. Yes. And And if you know someone who's like, what should I do for Lent? Hey, dating detox, you might've gone through it. Maybe you're like, that's not for me, but it's definitely something that I think you can suggest to people as they have that eternal question right before Ash Wednesday, (laughs) what should I do for Lent? Yes. And we are going to be giving away a copy of dating detox Along with Blessed Is She, they are going to be giving away their Lenten devotional. And this year it's called To The End. So you can get a copy of To The End, Blessed Is She's Lenten devotional and Dating Detox. We're going to be giving those away on Instagram. So uh, head over to Instagram. I'm at Lisa Ann Cotter. And with no E, Kevin is Kevin R. Cotter. And you can enter to win that little Lenten pack there, which I'm so grateful for. Uh, Blessed Is She. Uh, being excited to put together that little pack with us and you can, you can maybe win all you need for Lent right there. That's right. There you go. Very good. All right. We still have a lot of ground to cover Lisa and we are, we, we've been, uh, loquacious tonight. We, we, we've hauled off podcasting for long. <laughs> we just want to talk and talk. Well, I said to Kevin before, I said, should this be part two and we need a part three? And he was like, no, we can put it all in. Of course not. Well, let's, let's keep going. I feel like if you're listening to this though, it's cause you're really interested, you're engaged. So it's going to be a longer episode. Hopefully this is all very helpful. So let's, let's keep rocking and rolling. Our next one is podcasting. So what we're doing right now. So you probably mm-hmm. are interested. You're like, how do you do this podcasting thing? And so many people come to us Again, when you do How To Catholic and they're like, how do you do it? And not just like, how do you get on a microphone and talk? Like all the logistics, the Mm -hmm. technology, like how, like what am I supposed to do? I mean, I physically went to Dr. Edward Shree's house and set him up for podcasting. (laughs) And we sat there on his computer and I was like, okay, here we go, step by step. And he took copious notes and I just walked him through. Here's what you need to do in terms of the technical side of it. Ted Sri, All Things Catholic. All Things Often Catholic. Often featuring yes. his wife, Beth Sri. So if you're looking for another podcast. Yes. And that that does uh, husband-wife team once in a while. Yeah. Yeah. Go check it out. Check it out. But the, but the way Lisa learned was a lot through YouTubing. And I think you can do it that way. But what I've found and what we found is Pat Flynn, he does amazing stuff online. I re- we're huge Pat Flynn fans. Um, but he has something called Power Up Podcasting. That's like the um, super duper course for podcasting. It's pretty expensive. So you have to look at that, but he also has a lot of free stuff on podcasting as well. So he'll just walk you through like a basic podcasting tutorial. We'll put this in the show notes, but he talks about what equipment to buy. Like you're trying to through all the microphones. He's like, here's the minimal one you'd want. Here's a step up and here's a really expensive one. Uh, he'll talk about how to host, how to edit your podcast, how to post them throughout the whole process. I always, when people come to me, I'm like, go to this link and follow all of Pat's steps because he knows these things better than I could ever articulate them. So, um, yeah, 
those, those are huge. Uh, and like I was saying, some of the things you just need, you need a hosting site. So you have to have somewhere actually to host your podcast. Um, iTunes is a podcast directory, but it's not a host. So you actually need a place where your file resides and people can actually get to your file and access it and you can download it because that's a lot of storage and storage costs money. So Yeah, and people being iTunes or yeah. um, wherever else you might get podcasts. Yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. I don't know where else you get them. Stitcher, <laughs> those things that people say. You need an image, you need music, um, you know, you'll get an audience as well. So those are just some things to think about with podcasting. I think a lot of times people think, oh, you talk on microphones and it goes on iTunes. And in some cases that's true, but there's a lot more to it than than that. And so you just want to make sure you know what you're diving into um, and do your research and know your budget and all that stuff. Yeah. So some specific tools would be then canva.com for an image. That Mm. is where we make a lot of our images. um, And that is free. There are some premium things you can do as well. Uh, If you just have zero ability to put something together graphically, you can go to fiverr.com, F-I-V-V-E-R. And it's called Fiverr because you can get things for as little as $5. So for example, our intro, the, uh, the Irishman who does our intro, that was from Fiverr. And it was just, it was literally like five bucks. It was really five bucks. <laughs> to pay him to do that voiceover. So you can find all kinds of freelancers there that can help you with things. Music, um, we suggest premiumbeat.com. Their prices are have actually gone up at $65, but you get all of the different ways in which you can like hear your music. It's pretty crazy. It's like a two and a half minute clip, a 30 second clip, a 15 second clip, all that stuff. And you can find some also that are free in the public domain, but like you're going to hear those same ones on multiple podcasts and Mm -hmm. then it doesn't really set you apart. So those are some practical places to go for those things. And um, yeah, I... Oh, hosting uh, sites. We use Bluehost. Yes. And that's your my website again. So I have my, my website, which is a combination of Blogger and Bluehost. So Bluehost is my host, and then we use Blogger. No, I don't use Blogger. I use something else. WordPress. Mm. WordPress is what I use for, um, yeah. And like I said, I just, I YouTubed my way through all of it, and I figured it out. So it is possible to figure out. Um, I wish some of you sometimes could just see our notes as we do this show, because Lisa, like, very faithfully put all these great suggestions, all the ones you just mentioned. And it was my, my part. And instead of mentioning all the p- specific examples and places we used, I was just like, you need images in a hosting <laughs> site. And I like totally butchered it. And Lisa's like, and I'll kindly follow up and actually tell you the details of these things that I wrote down. <laughs> we told them some nitty gritty, some websites and places to go. So I'm so. just really thankful for my wife tonight is what I'm really mm-hmm. trying to say. And if you could see us, you'd, probably laugh at me which would be deserved (laughs) oh you're so sweet okay time for blogging okay to be honest um (laughs) sounds yeah my opinion and what i think is an actual trend is that blogging is kind of a dying platform um it seems to be part of the trend which this is my own personal opinion here is that so many people use instagram kind of like a blog now it's where there's so much you can do on there that if you're going to write a long post, you're going to put a picture and, and almost write a post, a blog post with it. Sometimes people, what, why are you laughing? I was, I'm just laughing. This is like, I shouldn't even, okay, I'll just say it. So this week I saw on Twitter, <laughs> I agree blogging is dying, but this week I saw on Twitter, somebody posted this article and it said, the novel is dying. And underneath it, she goes, 
this is my dad. It, like the dad was like 50 or 60 and she was like 30. And she was like, this is my dad. And he came out two novels this year and they didn't go well. So now he just says all novels are dying because <laughs> you didn't do well. <laughs> so I just saw that when you said blogging is dying. Gotcha. I really believe blogging's dying, but I just enjoyed. Yeah. The, I should have just kept that laugh to myself, but I caught <laughs> myself. I didn't know what you were laughing at. Nope. Sorry. Yeah. So I mean, the reality is, is trying to start a blogging platform now is really hard. Now there are people who have already built up a blog following and they, I think they can continue to cruise and they're going to continue to get followers. Uh, their followers will continue to follow them. But I think trying to start a blog now would kind of be a waste. So I would actually kind of steer you away from there. The only reason I would say go ahead and blog, which I would argue you could also do this in shorter form via social media, whether that be a Facebook post or an Instagram post, obviously not Twitter because they limit your words, but is if you need practice writing, I think that it is mm -hmm. a good thing to practice for writing. So you can either do this on your own website if you have one, or you can just create a simple blogger or WordPress website, which is more specifically just for a blog. Um, like my old blog, my mommy blog was a blogger blog, or you can just jump in, which makes it easier if you just want to practice writing and start getting your words out there. Something like a community site like medium.com, which, which I think something like medium.com probably would get you more readers because they're going to feature your stuff for you and help, help you in a way because it's a place where people come to read articles that other people have written. And it's funny how things go because, you know, for a while podcasts were starting to get popular around 2004, 2005, 2006. And then podcasting like totally dropped off. Like no one podcasted. And then all of a sudden, like 2014, 2015, podcasting just boomed again. Mm -hmm. So, it, you know, all, all these things go through trends and I think blogging's on a downward trend, but boy, my guess is in three years, all of a sudden people are like, oh, remember blogs? They're great. And like people <laughs> will, so I think, you know, Maybe. Like, like we were saying before, like if you love to write, great, write on a blog and feature it on social media or have a a blog and put it on Instagram, whatever you like, figure it out. But, um, yeah. And I mean, I mean, one of the things that Kevin did when he was in focus is he started the focus blog mm -hmm. and it had a great heyday. It had a time and a season where it really, really shined and, you know, got a lot of, I mean, you have a couple of posts that, you know, had a hundred thousand plus views. Mm -hmm. Um, but things shift, you know, and focus now focuses a lot more on social media mm -hmm. because that's where people are now hanging out. So, totally. uh, last thing I would give in terms of blogging, if, if you want to know, uh, how to write an effective blog post, if, if that's something you want to use to help you practice writing, Michael Hyatt has a great post on the anatomy of an effective blog post. And that was something that you would send to all of your focus authors to help them get a structure for their blog post. So we will link to that. Absolutely. Our, our last one that we wanted to mention was book publishing. And so, um, yeah, there's lots of ways to publish a book. I feel like uh, books a lot of times legitimize your message. It's like, oh, I have a book. And sometimes that's true. There's so many books these days that's like, everybody has a book. So, um, you know, again, it's all about... <laughs> so, that's not true. Not everybody has no, a book. No, but I mean, I feel like you, there's so much self-publishing. Like I have an e-pamphlet. <laughs> 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 Therefore, I am an author. Really? Yeah, I saw somebody like, I'm the author of seven books. And you looked and you're like, these are all just written by you. Like, Or people will call themselves authors because they like contributed a chapter to an ebook. And you're like, okay. Yeah. And, and, and the, I mean, all these people are trying to hopefully, you know, s express their message in a way. I guess books just aren't the end all be all that they were 10 years ago or more where it's like, oh my gosh, you're an author. Someone published your book. Like, it's just so 
you know, it's just become different, you know? So I think it's with this again, the way you want to express yourself, find your niche, like don't, none of these things are the end all be all, but they're tools. And sometimes a, a book is a great way to do that. So you can publish traditionally with a publisher. You can self publish uh, a physical book. You can have eBooks. Um, kind of depends on what your goal is with, with publishing. Um, so, you know, we've done a lot of different publishing. We've had three different publishers. I've done with our Sunday mm-hmm. visitor, Lisa, you and our book, uh, all my Pope Francis books were our Sunday visitor. Dating detox was with Augusta Institute and Ignatius press jointly. Mm-hmm, that was uh, a dual published and then published with Ave Maria press most recently with my book entitled called. Um, so yeah, we've seen a lot with, with different publishers. I think the thing that helped us the most was really making sure that we had a really strong proposal for our books. And I learned this from Michael Hyatt. Um, he was the CEO of Tommy Nelson Press. We mentioned him before, but his his job before really he just did platform stuff was he's the CEO of Tommy Nelson Press and he saw just thousands and thousands of book proposals. And so when he tells you, here's how to write a book proposal and this is what publishers are looking for, he it's not like he's, he's guessing at that. Like he knows exactly... Tommy Nelson was, I think, the largest Christian book publisher in the world, you know? And so his guide, he has one for fiction and one for nonfiction, is just gold. I remember the first time I, I turned in a book proposal, the publisher came back and said, how did you know how to write a proposal like this? Like, we get so many proposals, but this one was, like, exactly what we needed. And, you know, mm-hmm. I told him Michael Hyatt, mm-hmm. Hyatt he wasn't surprised, but um, it just makes all the difference. And, um... And I'm, it's like 20 bucks for yeah, for the to- resource. Totally worth it. And um, I recommend that all the time to people because it just will set you apart because you think through the questions and you think with the mind of a publisher. And so it's going to really help your your publishing, you know, it's going to help you shine as an author that you've thought through these things. You can tell them what they need. And um, yeah, I think you'll get a much mm-hmm. more professional response in return as well, either positive or negative. Mm-hmm. And the other thing you consider too, can consider is getting a literary agent, mm-hmm. which we have never done that. We have friends who have done that and have literary agents, but what they do basically is their job is to find you a publisher and negotiate you a contract that's really good. And so if you're kind of getting like further along, higher up in publishing, that's super cool, yeah, and you've got a literary agent, like they can help negotiate a two book contract or a three book contract, which basically says, not only are you going to publish one book for me, but you're going to publish three books for me. <laughs> and so I, I do have friends who have done that, who have negotiated multi-book contracts with bigger companies. The, the one thing you have to consider with that is that your literary agent then would get a cut of your royalties, whatever they may be, because they helped you, um, you know, get into a higher profile publisher or get a better contract or whatever. And that's their job. So you kind of just, you have to weigh. Um, so if you've got a really great big story, then you probably want to get a literary agent. Yeah, and the last thing I'd say here, um, I'm glad I remembered this, is if you are doing a book contract, just make sure, a lot of times book um, publishers can put a little clause in your contract that says, oh, and um, we have the right of first refusal, meaning that if you write a second book, we have the chance to publish that first, and we can accept that before you can show it to any other publisher. And you just want to tell your publisher, hey, I'm just going to cross this out. I'm not going to do it. I don't want to sign myself up to be your writer. Um, I want to be free to publish with whoever I want. If they can't understand that, they don't really deserve to publish your book. Nobody, I feel like doing that kind of owns you as as an author and mm-hmm. you never want to be put in that situation. Um, that's know, kind of an old school practice. Yeah. Um, so we, 
yeah, because yeah. different publishers are great for different books. Mm-hmm. Um, and so to sign yourself up with just one publisher is just is just mm-hmm. kind of silly. And that's um, why we have three different people we've published with because each totally. one had a different need. And yep. so that's why we went with a different one. And I would say, too, when you're going through the contract negotiation process, know that it is a negotiation. Yep. Sometimes I think people are just so excited that they have somebody who's interested in their book that they're like, whatever, I don't care. I'll just sign it. But mm-hmm. no, you really do. You want to consider and understand all the facets and aspects because there's a lot of details. It's not just when I sell my book, I get 10%. Like it's, it's not that simple. Yeah. Yeah. When that contract comes across your desk, you know, talk to people, uh, talk to other authors, say, how did you negotiate? What did you say? What, what did this look like for you? Just give you a grasp. Cause there's, you know, you feel like it's this big legal document. There's lots of stuff there. Some of it's never going to change no matter what you say and other stuff can, and you just need to know what, what's what and what's important. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Okay. Well, I, I hope that this has been helpful for those of you who are going, yeah, I know I'm supposed to take this next step, but I, I have no idea where to even start. You waited all four of these months and now uh-huh. you're here. That's right. You've been <laughs> waiting to start your podcast because you're waiting for us to tell you what to do. <laughs> uh, uh, yes. And I, I think, I think one thing to note of all this is that I think when we said this in the first episode, people think, oh, I want to be a Catholic personality. So I'll just like go speak at things. And the reality is is it's just not that simple. There's so many layers and facets and you really have to have some business smarts and some entrepreneurial spirit to you. And it has to be a call. This is not something that you hustle and work really hard and become a Catholic personality or whatever it is. It's a call. And for us, the way we've seen it, the way we've experienced it is, oh, God's asking this of us. We're already doing this. Shoot, how do we do this? And mm-hmm. that's that's why we wanted to put this together for for those situations where you're going, I, 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 I need to like feel this call for this book. And gosh, I've got this publisher. Like, all right, I want to get this. What do I do? You know, now what do mm-hmm. I do? Mm-hmm. What's how do I do this? Because it's been clear that God's opened this door for this. So, absolutely, anyways, that's that. Okay, so our how-to challenge for this episode has three question marks next to it because we never came up with a challenge. I have one. I think, you know, the reason why you've listened to this podcast episode is because you feel most likely called to do something in this um, area. My guess is you don't like just like listening to the sound of our voices, but you feel like, man, this is something I need to do. This is the next, I, I need to take a step here. And so um, it's easy to put things off for months, like you know, recording a podcast episode like we did. We but, had a baby, remodeled the house, moved, and changed jobs. Thank you. Yes, but if if you know you need to do something, create a goal, create a timeline, get an accountability partner. Hey, I need to start a podcast. I'm going to do that in two months. Will you hold me accountable? I want to release my first episode. Like, don't wait. Even if you need to use us, if you want to reach out to us on social media and say, hey, this is what I'm doing and when, awesome. We'll check back with you. Like, if you feel that calling, don't, refuse that call, like take practical steps. That's the other thing is with all these things is, um, you know, with, with having a calling, it's not just some spiritualized thing. You do have to work. You do have to respond to it. You do have to take those steps and you can't do that. Uh, God can't move a parked car. You're supposed to do something, move, get on with it. Let's go figure it out and, um, have somebody help you along the way. There you go. Good pep talk. Good job. Yeah. All right. Well, that is our show for today. Thank you for listening in and for your patience as we uh, 
are excited to kind of get back into the groove of things here. So keep us in your prayers, please, so we can get into the groove here. If you want to connect with us, our email is hello at made to magnify.com. Or you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Kevin R. Cotter or Lisa Ann Cotter and with no E. As always, if you have enjoyed the show, please give it a rating on iTunes. Thank you to all of you who have done that. I've seen that faithfully continue to rise even as we've not been podcasting. So thank you for uh, loving us. And um, yeah, also you can add our show to podcast subscriptions, tell friends. All these things just help get the word out about how to Catholic. Until next week, and it will be next week. Be saints. It's worth it. Mm-hmm.